The following message is from the audio ministry of Coastal Community Church. We trust you'll find it helpful and encouraging. Now, here's Pastor Chris Rollins. Good morning. Welcome. Welcome to Coastal Community Church. I am Pastor Chris. Great to have you with us today. And I do believe with all my heart that for some of you today, for somebody here today, man, today is going to be a real breakthrough for you. I, I really believe that God is going to speak in a very real way to some of you who have been praying about something for a very long time. Uh, you have been believing God for something, been trusting that, that he would do something significant in some area of your life or a family member's life, and you have been praying and believing, praying and believing, but you, you still haven't seen um, any results. And so if that's you, today I, I really think that this message is gonna speak to you. You know, I know a lot of different people who have who have been praying and believing for some miracles in different areas of their life. Uh, some of you have been praying for your children or uh, other loved ones maybe to come to faith uh, in Christ. Some of you are praying for a breakthrough like to overcome depression or a financial breakthrough. Maybe it's a relationship and some of you have been praying for your marriage and you've been praying for a long time. Some are praying for a physical miracle. You know, God, heal me of, of cancer or heal my loved one of this, uh, some type of disease. Whatever it is in your life, if you've been believing God for something for a long time, something significant, and honestly, you've not seen any results, I think God is gonna, gonna minister to you today in a, in a, in a, real, in a very real way. Now, if you were with us last week, kind of in this series on the life of Daniel and some of the significant events in his life, uh, you know that Daniel is now in his 80s. Well, uh, he's older than that now this week. He's an old, old man. And literally for decade upon decade, you know, the, the characteristic of this man is that he has remained faithful. And, and he's got this courage, this otherworldly courage where that enables him to stand firm in his faith and, and really trusting that God is still gonna do some miracles. Now, if you'll remember week number one, we saw how King Nebuchadnezzar had destroyed the temple, captured a lot of the young men, and he made them into slaves. And, and here's Daniel. For decades now, he's been praying that God would restore the temple that, uh, that had been destroyed, that his, his, all of his Jewish brothers and sisters who've been in bondage for all these years, that they would all be released to go back to their homeland. And, and there had actually been some signs that there was some movement in that direction, that this might actually happen. And then, bam, all of a sudden, he receives this vision from God that was so disturbing to him and very disappointing. I mean, he saw a vision of, of more war and more hardships. And he's like, man, I've been praying now, you know, for decades. And now I see more hard times coming and, and he can hardly take it. But Daniel does what Daniel always did. What did he do? He sought God in what? In prayer. I mean, don't you remember? That's kind of another theme of Daniel's life that that was the go-to response for Daniel. 
You know, it wasn't like the last resort. This was a man of prayer. And so uh, for 21 days, he goes on a fast. Uh, it's interesting to me that uh, one of the translations also says about this period of fasting that it says he wore no fragrant lotions, which is a sweet way of saying he didn't take a bath. For 21 days. Now, I think it's interesting that when we copy the Daniel fast, I don't see anybody doing that part of the fast, right? You know, nobody's walking around all stinky and everything. But basically, you know, that's what was going down. Um, and at the end of the 21 day period, he has this vision of an angelic being. Now, as we read this in Daniel 10, let, let me go ahead and tell you that, you know, scholars aren't exactly sure who or what this is. Now, I happen to believe with a lot of other biblical scholars that this is probably the pre-incarnate Christ. Now, you might be sitting there going, what in the world are you talking about? Well, we, we believe that God existed before the foundation of the world as Trinity, three in one, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That, that is a mystery that you know, we can't fully and completely understand, but we know that Jesus appears in the New Testament in bodily form, and, uh, but that he existed, the Bible says, before the foundation of the world. And so in the Old Testament, there are actually these, these times when it appears that Christ appears. And uh, theologians call this a Christophany. So there you go. Everybody say that with me. A Christophany. Now you can impress your friends this week. I'm sure that's going to come up over, the, you know, over lunch. Christophany, you know. No, you'll never use that word again. But uh, anyway... Um, in Daniel chapter 10, we're not exactly sure, but I'm going to preach it and talk about it as if it were Christ because, uh, you know, if I'm going to err, I'm going to err on the side of Jesus. And so that seems smart to me. Kind of like the old uh, the story about that kid in Sunday school growing up. You know, the Sunday school teacher says, okay, class, uh, what is brown, has a fluffy tail, runs up trees, and eats nuts? And a little kid raises his hand, I know, I know, it's Jesus. <laughs> the teacher's like, no, it's a squirrel. And uh, he said, well, you know, it sounded like a squirrel, but I kind of thought God would want me to go with Jesus since we're in Sunday school. And so, uh, so that is the answer this morning that I'm going to go with. It might sound like a squirrel, but we're going to go with Jesus today. So here's the vision. If you're following along on the outline, on the screen, uh, or on your uh, smartphone device, you version, Daniel chapter 10, beginning with verse 5. I looked up and I saw a man dressed in linen clothing with a belt of pure gold around his waist. His body looked like a, a precious gem. His face flashed like lightning. His eyes flamed like torches. His arms and his feet shone like polished bronze and his voice roared like a mass of vast multitude of people. By the way, very similar to another description of Jesus in Revelation. Uh, it's basically, you know, it's saying when he spoke, it was like, Tens of thousands of people were speaking. So that's how powerful this was to Daniel. Only I, though, Daniel said, saw this vision. The men with me saw nothing, but they were suddenly terrified and they ran away to hide. So they, they knew something was happening. Something was going on. So I was left there all alone to see this amazing vision. Now, it's, it's interesting to me that Daniel's the only one who sees this. You know, again, it says the other guys didn't see it. Uh, you know, they knew something was going on, but why? Why is that? Why only Daniel? Why didn't they see it? Well, we don't know for sure, but what we know is this. 
there are times, oftentimes I think, when God will reveal something to someone and not to other people. In fact, for those of you who've been followers of Jesus for a while, chances are at some point in your life. You know, God has, not, not audibly, but, but spoken to you, showed up in your life and, in a real powerful way. You know, it could be something as, as very personal or simple as that, man, you, you've been reading through the Bible and, and there's a verse that you had seen and heard, you know, hundreds of times before, but all of a sudden, like this time, bam. I mean, it just like jumped off the page at you and you're like, Wow. This is amazing. I've I've never thought about it that way. I hadn't seen that angle before. I'd never seen this before. And so you tell some other people, right? They they might even be nearby or whatever. And you're like, wow, look at this verse. Isn't this amazing? And they're like, yeah, yeah, that's great. Let's go get something to eat. You know, they just, it it wasn't meant for them. You know, it, it could be a song or a message or just a moment with God. And you're like, man, that was the most amazing thing for some of you. That, that might happen, you know, here on Sunday morning during worship. Maybe even today, it's like, for whatever reason, something was said or a phrase in a song and you sense the presence of God and it was something very real in your life and you even lean over to the person next to you and you're like, wow, wasn't that beautiful? Wasn't that awesome? And they're like, yeah, and the, the coffee's not bad either. And it's free, you know? And like, and like, that's okay, That's okay, you know, maybe it was something meant for you and it wasn't meant for them in that moment. And so that's kind of what happens to Daniel. They didn't experience it. And yet I believe with all my heart that you're gonna have a moment like that, maybe even today, a moment from God. And it almost doesn't matter who's around you. It just seems like all of heaven opens up and God has a word just for you. And and you might ask the people you came with, man, wasn't that the most awesome thing ever. And they're like, yeah, and that squirrel joke wasn't too bad either, you know? And again, be okay with that. You know, I mean, because the reason you're going to hear it that way is because God had something to share with you today. So Daniel has this moment. And in verse eight, the middle of the verse, he's he's in the presence of this angelic being, or again, of Christ. And he says, My strength left me. My face grew deathly pale and I felt very weak. Now watch what happens. Then I heard the man speak and when I heard the sound of his voice, I fainted and I lay there with my my face to the ground. Man, that that is powerful. So what's that all about? Well, hear this loud and clear. The strongest of men cannot bear the weight of the glory of God. The strongest of men cannot bear the weight of the glory of God. And some of you who've been followers of Jesus, I hope, and I know, I'm sure you've had moments like this where you feel, and again, maybe it was a personal devotion time or in a corporate gathering, a worship experience, and you were just so into the presence of God where you might have simultaneously been grieving over the depravity of your own sin, and yet outwardly you are rejoicing over the grace of God, knowing that you've been forgiven and you're overwhelmed 
overwhelmed by his comfort and his presence and his assurance and you just don't want it to end and you feel like all your strength has just left you and you could just fall on the ground. And some of you have had that moment. Some of you are gonna have that moment today and you're gonna hear something and you're just gonna leave a different person. So how? How do you stand firm in your faith when you've been praying about something and you've been believing God for something or about something for a long, long time and you've not seen anything happen? Let me give you three, I don't know, three words of encouragement today. Let's call it that. The first is this, if you're taking notes. Always remember that God cares about you even more than you do. God cares about you even more than you do. Verse 10 says this. Just then a hand touched me and did what? What does it say? And lifted me. Isn't that awesome? You know, and here's Daniel. He's got to be a little frustrated, a little discouraged, and yet the hand of God does not extend here to condemn. And maybe that's what you need to hear today. Listen, the hand of God does not extend to you today to condemn you. The hand of God is extended to you today to lift you up, to hug you, to encourage you, to wrap you up. And this is what, this is what Daniel says, just then, a hand touched me and lifted me. And some of you are going to sense the hand of Jesus lifting you today, still trembling to my hands and my knees. And the man said to me, Daniel, listen to this. You are very what? Precious to God. Some of you, that's your moment. This is why you're here today. You are precious to God. You are valuable. He loves you. He cares about you. I've said this countless times here at Coastal. There is nothing, there is nothing that you could do in your life to make God love you any more than he does right now. There is nothing that you've done or will do that will make God love you any less. He loves you. You are precious to him. I love that word. He says, you are very, and man, what a thing that Daniel needed to hear in this moment. Now, I gotta be honest with you today. I love a lot of people, but they're not precious to me, <laughs> okay? Um, you know, I'm, I'm a father, I'm a dad. And so my children, and if you're a parent, you know this you know this feeling, this change, this, this shift in dynamic that my children are what? They are precious to me. My wife, oh man, she is precious to me. Michael, our worship pastor, he's not precious to me. Now I know it sounds kind of mean, it does. But let me explain. Like, I love him. I do. I mean, I really, really do. I love him, and I value him. But he's not precious. <laughs> now, now, that might just be guy code. You, you know guy code, right? I mean, you're familiar with this. That's like, you know, guys can pat each other on the butt all day long. As long as the hand's flat, you can do that. You cup the hand. 
we are not friends anymore. We are not friends. And so Michael, no, no, he's not, no. And so as a parent, you know, I was thinking about um, Ramey. And, uh, you know, we got the Gundys here this morning. I saw Sean in the first service. And uh, I love Sean. Sean loves me. But I bet all of a sudden now he knows Ramey is what? Precious. Yeah. So our God looks at you. Did you know that? With that same kind of love? That, that perfect loving father has for his children. You are precious to God. Daniel goes on and the voice says, you are very precious to God, so listen carefully to what I have to say to you. Stand up, for I have been sent to you. And when he said this to me, I stood up, still trembling. Three things you need to remember if you're going to Stand firm in your faith. If you're going to have the courage to keep praying and to keep believing for that thing. The first is that God cares about you more than you do. That you are precious to him. The second thing, and I love this too, God is doing more than you understand. He is doing way, way more than you and I could ever understand or ever see or ever comprehend. This is so cool. Verse 12. Then... Christ said to me, don't be afraid, Daniel. Since the first day you began to pray, since the first moment you prayed for understanding and to humble yourself before God, your request has been heard in heaven. Man, I love that. Since the first time you prayed, he says, I have come in answer to your prayer. Now, verse 13, I gotta warn you. I think, you know, if you think it's been a little weird so far, Christophany, all this kind of stuff, um, you ain't seen nothing yet because we're about to go really supernatural on you, kind of Star Wars weird, if you will. Um, Verse 13, Christ, or this angelic being says, but for 21 days, the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia blocked my way. And then, then Michael, one of the archangels, came to kick some butt on my behalf, okay? That's, that's my uh, translation. That's not what it says. I edited that part. Um, but he says, he came to help me, and I left him there with the spirit of the prince of the kingdom of Persia. Now, let's talk about this, because this is a little, sounds a little weird. It's a little interesting. First of all, let me talk to those of you who've been praying about something for a long time. You know, for those of you who've been praying for so long that you now are wondering, maybe sometimes even out loud, if it's even worth it. To the point where it's almost like you hear another voice that says, man, why even bother at this point? I mean, God doesn't care, obviously. I mean, if he were gonna do something, he would have done it a long time ago. There's been ample opportunity for him to do so. You're just wasting your breath. This must not be God's will. I want to talk to those of you who have that in your heart, even now. And what I want you to understand is this. The very first time you prayed, God heard your cry. The first time you prayed for healing for that person you love, the first time you prayed for your child, the first time you prayed for a miracle, 
our good God heard your cry. And he loves the persistent praying of his children. He loves the faithful, consistent prayer of his children. But the very first time you called on him, it's as though heaven opened up and he heard your prayer. One more thing, back to verse 13 for a minute. This is so cool. For 21 days, the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia blocked my way. Now, who is the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia? Again, we're not totally sure uh, what most uh, theologians believe, and I, I happen to agree with this, is that this is some sort of demonic force. You know, if you remember, uh, some angels rebelled against God in the early days. You know, they're known kind of as fallen angels, and many people believe that those are now the demonic forces that, that we do battle with in the kingdom of God today. And what we've got to remember is that our battle is not against flesh and blood. The, the Bible teaches that our battle is against the powers, the principalities of this dark world. And if for a moment, it's as though that dark world was opened up just a little bit to the eyes of Daniel. In other words, what you and I see with our eyes is not all there is. You know, don't believe that for a second. He says, for 21 days after you prayed, Christ was sent and was doing battle in the heavenly realms with this evil force. And then Michael, one of the archangels, came as a backup uh, to help me out so that I could come to you. And so this angelic being, Jesus says, I left him there. You deal with this prince from Persia. I'm going to Daniel as an answer to his prayer. And then this is what so, is so powerful to me. And this is what moves me in my heart. And I hope it'll speak to you today. Think about this. Daniel prayed, and he prayed, and he continued to pray for all these years. And what did he see? Nothing. I mean, not a thing. Not anything. But just because he didn't see anything did not mean that God wasn't doing something. And I think that's, that's the point of this for Daniel maybe is, you know, and, and I know that, that this is speaking to somebody here today because you've been praying for something for a long time and you've been cry, crying out to God and it's as though for all this time, for all these many years, you've not seen anything. But just because you don't see anything doesn't mean that our loving God is not doing something because the very first time that you cried out to him, he heard your prayer and he released his angelic forces and they are doing battle for you and, and the, his sovereign plan is unfolding in a way that you just can't see or understand and you just keep praying and you keep believing and you might not ever see anything but you have no idea what kind of battle is going on in the heavenly realms from a God that loves you so much, he's been working behind the scenes and, and doing things that you couldn't and wouldn't even understand. So how do you stand strong in the faith? Remember that he cares about you more than you do. You are precious to him. And he's doing way more than you could ever see or understand. And then number three, God's strength is made perfect in your weakness. 
God's strength is made perfect in your weakness. Anybody here um, ever work out with weights? Weights? Raise your hand. Anybody ever work out, do a workout? In fact, is Tori here? Tori Vanderbeck, where are you? Is she here in the service? Tori, Tori, Tori. Anyway, she's a power lifter, just won a gold medal out in Las Vegas for a national powerlifting competition. Um, I trained her. No, anyway. Um, <laughs> no, but I've worked out with weights before. Anybody... Um, Anybody ever do at the end of your workout with weights? You might have heard this phrase before. Ever do a burnout set? A burnout set. It's kind of a, 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 what it means is where you take, you, it's typically after the end of a, a workout with weights. And, I mean, you, and it's been a, a great workout. And it's where at the end you take a real, real light weight and then you just do as many reps as you can do at the end of a great workout. So again, it's the end of a great workout. It's not like you're, you know, let's say you're working on, you know, depending on whatever muscle group, let's say it's on your chest and arms or something, and so you're going to bench press. And so at the very end, instead of trying to bench as much weight as you can, you know, you've already kind of done all that, you might literally just lift what? The bar, right. And so, you, but you know, you got your partner there, he's there with you, and uh, you're just trying to do literally as many reps as you can do. Now at first, if nobody knows what you're doing, it could look a little weird, because you're there straining, lifting a bar, but it's supposed to be effective at the end of a workout. So at first, you're doing like 20 reps or so, you know, pre pretty quickly. And in your head, you're thinking, man, this is nothing, this is no big deal. And then 30 hits, and what? You're starting to get a little tired. And then you're at 40 and 50 and your arms and chest are on fire. And in and, and your arms, you start, your arms feel like a lava lamp, right? And you're like, I can't do this. And then in your partner, if he's a decent partner, you know, he's like yelling at you, what? 10 more, you maggot, you know, whatever. He's like, so I forgot, this is not at Planet Fitness, okay, I forgot that. So this is the grunting part, you know, so, you know, he's yelling at you, he's screaming at you, and, you know, you know you're like, I'm gonna die, I'm gonna stop crying, you know, five more, five more, and then you're like, five, and at the end, you, it's almost like you can't even feel the transfer, but like, you're, you're not doing anything, right? And the guy above you, really, he's got all the weight. And those last two, you might as well have just let your arms down. But supposedly, uh, you know, that's a pretty good workout. And uh, the last two or three or whatever were all him. Now, let me ask you a question. When you got to the end of your strength, in whatever it is that you're dealing with, guess what? He took over. I mean, when you had nothing left to give, he steps in. Now, some of you, you're, you're at a place in your faith and, and with this, this issue, this thing you've been praying about where you feel like Man, I have got nothing left to give. I am at the end of my rope. I'm at the end of this set. I can't do it. Let me tell you something. Believe it or not, that, that moment, that's when you're at your strongest. Not in your power. But that's when his power kicks in and becomes real. Until you fully embrace your weakness, you will never, ever appreciate and experience his strength. When you recognize, I have prayed, I don't have any more faith, I physically don't feel like I have any more strength, I'm at the end of myself, I'm at the end of my rope, that's when, that moment, 
is when his power can become more real in your life than ever before. It's not until you embrace your weakness that you understand his strength. Verse 17, this is so awesome. This is what Daniel says to Christ, or this angelic being. He says, how can someone like me, your servant, talk to you, my Lord? But what? He said at the end of his rope, my strength is what? Gone. I can hardly breathe, he says. Some of you, that captures exactly where you're at right now. My strength is gone. I have been, God, I've been hanging on to this marriage for so long. God, I've been hanging on for my children. I've been fighting for this financially. I don't think we can do this. My strength is gone. I can hardly breathe. Then the one who looked like a man did what? What did he do again? He touched me again, and what happened? Daniel said, and I felt what? My strength returning. When he touched me again, I felt my strength returning. Some of you, this is all that you need right here. This is your God moment. One touch, and your faith is restored. One touch, and you are coming now back to Christ. One touch, and you are believing God for that thing that you had stopped believing God for years ago. One touch now, and it's enough. It's enough to keep going. Your strength is returning. He says, I have no strength. One touch, and I felt my strength returning. And Jesus says to him, listen to this. Don't be afraid, he said. In other words... If you didn't hear it the first time, let me tell you again. For you are very, what? Precious to God. Peace. Be encouraged. Be strong. You can. You can have the courage to stand in faith And keep praying and keep trusting because the very first time you prayed, the heavens opened up and God heard your prayer. And he released the angelic forces to go and do battle on your behalf. He may or may not do exactly what you've been praying for but just because you don't see anything doesn't mean he's not doing something. And there are gonna be people around you who are gonna say, how in the world are you still hanging in there? How come you haven't given up? And you can say, because you don't understand. God cares about me. I am very, very precious to him. And he's doing far more than I can see or understand. And it's in my weakness that he is strong. Hang in there. Keep trusting. Keep believing. You've been listening to a message from Pastor Chris Rollins of Coastal Community Church. For more information about Coastal or to explore what your next step of faith might look like, Check us out online at coastalcommunitychurch.org. 
from Pastor Chris and the family at Coastal Community Church, thanks for listening.